here we are. Volume two, Coronavirus and the Law Firm with Andrew Ackley and Karen Kohler. But not coronavirus in the law firm. No, thank God. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to start personally and then talk about uh, the human issues involved in in what we're looking at in, uh, through the eyes of a law firm. Um, when this started, there was a real divergence of opinion because of the nature of our society and the distrust of the media and science, frankly. Um, and deciphering through that haze of what's real and what's not has been a challenge. And I think one of the reasons why the United States just stood there watching this disaster unfold and not really start to be more proactive way, way, way sooner uh, and then you have this kind of disjointed response and then you have epicenters and you're watching these clusters around the country and is it affecting you or not? Will it or won't it? And so you have all this uncertainty, you have all this fear, you have kind of disjointed leadership uh, amongst the different type levels of governments, um, national, state, local. Uh, and in, in a situation that none of us have lived through, which is a worldwide pandemic of a magnitude that is so severe that it is shutting down whole sectors of the world. So as a law firm, right, we have to plan and figure out what, what's to happen. So we did, we, we put aside any of our, is this real or is it not real? Or, you know, how many people are gonna be affected or do you think we'll get it? Put that all aside and just looked at the pragmatics of it doesn't matter what you believe or don't believe our world is changing things are going to happen we have to prepare so there's that aspect that we talked about in the last the last episode but this episode i kind of wanted to talk about the fear the uncertainty the not just for our staffs our attorneys planning for the future but really our clients um, and our clients are the center of what we do the a long time ago, I remember we had a discussion in the law firm because you, you've he I've heard the comments of, you know, clients come first, the clients must come first, and I I do disagree with that. With a slight modification, and it comes with the analogy of what happens when you're in an airplane, uh, and they're showing you the safety features, and they say, you know, and the, if we're going over a something happens, and the air the air uh, masks come down. Please secure the air mask around yourself first before you begin to render aid. And the reason is, even of your own children, because if you pass out, then you can't render any aid. You have to be able to render the aid. So that's kind of the mindset of our law firm is we have to make sure we're stable so that we can take care of ourselves and our clients. So and again, one of the first things we did that even that first week, um, maybe it was a second week before uh, the courts had completely done what they did uh, right when they were giving signs they were going to do it even. We, we created a form letter for our clients. Um, we distributed that form letter at our first team meeting of our uh, entire law firm. So the first time we were able to meet as a team after everyone got remoted and settled in, our clients were at the top of that list of what we needed to do. So we created a form letter 
And that form letter with some modification, depending upon different factors, was sent to every single one of our clients. And if we had co-counsel, the co-counsel joined us on those letters. And the letters explained what was going on. We expressed concern for our clients, asked them if they needed anything to call us, explained what was going to happen to their cases, that there was going to be a tremendous slowdown and what to potentially expect and not to worry. And, and then we didn't leave it there. We then, step two, began to call each and every client. By this week, each and every client has been called. Some people we had to leave messages for and we'll wait for you to call us back. But we had a, we had a plan in place for probably a couple hundred clients. Notify them immediately, begin personal phone calls. What do you think? What do you think about the fact that we did that? Well, I think it's terrific. I, you know, we don't treat our clients as uh, numbers or files or cases. Um, I mean, they invite us into a part of their lives that is very personal um, and and um, revealing, and and that's the relationship that we have with them, and that's how we're trying to honor it. It is humbling to to be given a job to do that that involves potentially securing enough funds to take care of a person for the rest of their life who's otherwise going to be on the public dole living in really squalor kind of conditions and you know nursing home if they're lucky um, uh, it is it is also really worrisome for us because so many of our clients are compromised um, they because of their injuries they already are compromised they're on the high risk list here and many of them require nursing aids or they are in facilities uh, that are providing rehabilitation work or um, uh, some of them with traumatic brain injury or spinal cord injuries probably may never be able to leave uh, a particular assisted care facility. So it is highly troubling to us to imagine what it must be like for someone that's gone through so much trauma, not just physical, but emotional trauma, and then this happens. <laughs> it's like oh. awful. It is. So, I mean, we can't make it better uh, in terms of we can't get rid of it. Uh, and we know that this is going to go for a long time, but I think that socially as lawyers, we need to reach out to our clients and reassure them and let them know that we're here for them. And this, of course, is a huge difference between us and defense lawyers. The good guys versus the bad guys. I know. I, I'm Are you just saying they're not calling all their all their clients and making sure they're okay? I don't think so. Okay. There may be occasional, you know, occasional calls made to people and 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 guess what all of us whether we're plaintiff lawyers or defense lawyers or clients or whatever we're all at the same risk of getting this and becoming ill and we don't want we don't wish that on anybody on nobody so clients is one of the of the humans that we have to account for um, but a second human that we have to account for are our witnesses so uh, let's talk about the, let's finish up with the clients first before I get off. So 
One of the things we decided again early on, there have been a couple exceptions that have had Mama Karen wagging her finger, is all depositions, all meetings, all mediations off, unless they are bit by remote. I don't want to have two people in the same room right now for this law firm. We don't want to have that done. So the depositions had, most of them have, have been canceled and renoted, of course, delaying everything much to the defense satisfaction. Uh, but um, there should not be even a second thought to that. I mean, you don't want to put anyone in jeopardy over a legal case. Their life should not be in jeopardy over a legal case. I would just add, yeah, I mean, there's no question. I, the socially responsible thing to do is not to act like the spring break kids and just assume everybody will be okay and, and do your part and make some sacrifices. We're all making the same sacrifices. The only thing I would add is it, it should also go without saying that under most circumstances, we can all do just fine with video depositions and mediations. It's not the same, but we're all dealing with the same things right now. Yeah. I mean, there was one deposition I was supposed to go do in Los Angeles. Well, okay, here's two, two stories of two depositions. I was in New York, and I was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. to cover a deposition on a Friday. I had been asking for two weeks for them to allow that to be videotaped, and they just blew me off. They did not even respond. And um, by then, the coronavirus had come up, and... I didn't want Ray to have to fly from Seattle to Washington, D.C. I was already in New York. I said, look, I'll stay a couple extra days. I'll go cover the deposition in Washington, D.C. And by the way, defense lawyers, how about now? I mean, we have problem in Seattle. It's winding its way through the U.S. How about let's get this on a video? Nothing. The witness, who's an expert witness, who is... Um, the government currently works for the works for a, a trade group in Washington D.C. says that they're closing my building down. Still nothing from them. Finally, two days before the deposition, they say, well, "I think we can do this by video." Seriously, they confirm it the day before the deposition that we're going to do the deposition by video. I go home, Ray covers it, but this is an example of we should we're all in this together, people. And then the second, the second example is, I'm supposed to go to LA for a, a deposition, um, and then there's just no way I was going to do it because of coronavirus. I want to do it in person, and so instead of trying to force people to do what they didn't want to do, I just said, "Hey, this I know this case is going to get delayed. We'll just move it forward a little bit." Okay, that's a rational, reasonable way to do it. Well, there's another law firm, um, Ken and Rick Friedman's law firm, where they have a case they want to go through with the depositions. They've asked to make them videotape depositions, and the defense said no. They wouldn't agree to any video depositions. So, um, and one of them was our friend Jack Guthrie, who was one of the lawyers in the Ride the Ducks case, who took video depositions uh, in that case. And he was saying, no, no, we can't do video depositions. They're not as good. So they brought a motion before the court, and the court partially granted it and allowed them to have their depositions videotaped. 
what is up with this? I mean, you just want your frequent flyer miles and that's why you want to go run around the country to do depositions of doctors because it sounds so cool or, you know, expert witnesses. What is wrong with just doing your deposition by video? I get it. Once in a while, if there's a super key witness, maybe one or two key witness on a case, but for the rest of them, come on. You can't just stop working. I, I mean, I, I think that um, it would be great if there was a general proclamation from our courts that we hope and expect that you know litigation can continue as as possible so that there isn't an even bigger backlog but i think when we come around the other side of this you know saying well i couldn't just do anything on this case at all or any case because of covid is not going to be a reasonable excuse we we need to be able to do most of our business and we can yeah i i mean i i just it goes back to uh deny defend delay and uh and what insurance companies want to do with the money until they finally have to give it up. Yeah, so. that's a whole nother topic right there. Yeah. Well, how are we, um, how are we as a society going to come out after all of this? I think things are going to change forever. Yeah. I, I mean, think that, I think that people now know that they can remote work at least some of the time. I think that people that like to work together realize how much they like to work together uh, and how important it is. I think that the businesses in general will have to have a plan A and a plan B. I think that financially people are going to start to maybe think more about the fact that you do need a month or two of income tucked away somewhere in case something happens. People work um, in, uh, I mean, and businesses. Like, why should there be a business that one month of no income and you're going to close? Yeah. Well, I hope that businesses have the opportunity to purchase insurance for uh, coverage that is not a physical natural disaster. I mean, there is that that kind of um, sure. business closure coverage, but... This wouldn't yeah. this wouldn't apply. Probably not, depending on the policy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all we're doing right, we're not we're not quarantining ourselves to stamp out this virus completely. All we're doing is trying to not overwhelm the healthcare system. And so, right. I mean, this is we're flattening the curve. Flattening means prolonging it too. And yeah. and so, who knows what's going to happen in the fall? You know, maybe we get a little break during the summer, but who knows what's going to happen in the fall? And and we may have to be flexible for quite a while. And I feel awful for, you know, especially small businesses around here and other parts that are hard hit. I, I mean, the, the ones that can't, you know, restaurants, um, you know, hospitality industries. I don't know. I just, you know, I feel bad for our local businesses. Well, the thing that that impresses me more than anything is what the healthcare system is going through and our healthcare workers, our frontline ER doctors and nurses. I. I mean, another one died yesterday from Evergreen. I'm just like heartbroken. It, I just can't imagine this is going on. Uh, not enough equipment. And every day they have to go to work in danger. Mm -hmm. Their families are having to make decisions of whether they can live with their spouse who's a health worker or not. Uh, I mean, it's it cuts home to me because my kids don't want Michael, my, my partner, he, they don't want him around me. Um, and he's not an ER doctor, he's a surgeon. Um, and even though he's cut back his surgeries because of what's happening, 
Yesterday, he got his mandatory, is it DEFCON 2 notice, which sounds like something out of a movie. It uh, does. He works at Harborview Hospital, um, and he got his notice that he's he's in line, that if, if uh, there are not enough, then he is going to be called into ER to assist a non-ER doctor, uh, but a practicing you know, surgeon who's 60, uh, he's 60. So he meets the criteria of high risk, but he's going to go in and um, have to work in the hospital if our healthcare workers that are currently assigned cannot keep going. And that the longer this goes on, there's going to be more and more Michaels uh, that are that are brought out of retirement even or um, and put there. I just what's what's going on in the healthcare system to me is so scary and troubling um and uh i i just i just feel so badly yeah. for all of us yeah yeah well it, it, this is why we like work right when we're working we don't have to worry about the weight of the world and we can just kind of zero in and close our minds to the tragedy going on around us and and just try to work on making sure that our clients' rights are protected. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I agree. This is a lot. I mean, we can't even make jokes hardly anymore. Like, they come in a little bit, but they're not really that funny. We can be funny. Look, if SNL can be funny after 9-11, I mean, not that we're funny anyway. Yeah, we're the, <laughs> I mean, we're never funny anyway. That. That's the truth. That's a we prerequisite to having this conversation. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at some point you laugh or cry, right? I mean, you you got to have be able to have a sense of humor. Um, yeah. At some point, yeah. Uh, I mean, can I say one more horrible thing? So, oh boy. I mean, one of our attorneys, um, his wife's brother just died. So his brother-in-law, her brother, and they can't even have a funeral. Yeah. Or a memorial. It's prohibited. It's terrible. Think about that. Yep. Yeah. Having to wait so long for a funeral. And, and I mean, grieving in a time like this. Just, yeah. I mean, people need hugs. Hugs are like a legit right. thing that people need and right. can't hug somebody on the internet. No. Well, the message we want to send to our clients who may be watching this um, is we're here. You call our regular office number. It's all been routed to our home phones. Um, you email us, you text us, you Facebook messenger us, you, uh, what else can you do to us? Any way that you want to get a hold of us, you can, you can do it. We are here. We're available. If you need anything, you can reach out to us and we will, if not be able to help you at least lend an ear and commiserate with you because we are all in this together. Um, we really are. Here, here. All right. Over now. <laughs>